If you go to the website in my description, you'll find the link for my podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor. And if you go all the way to the bottom, you'll find a section to email me. You'll find my Instagram link, my YouTube link. You can also join the Discord server and listen to us on Spotify. If you now go to a section in my description, you can sign up for a VIP membership so you can support me. You'll gain benefits like Catalic videos from my Instagram, Slow Down and With Tab, early access to YouTube videos, a shout out at the end of every YouTube video. You'll also gain access to the Discord VIP section, including exclusive production streams from me editing in Final Cut Pro or in Logic. This will be supporting me on a monthly basis. You'll also be notified by email when I make a members-only post. Or if you don't want to sign up for a membership, you can go to the support section and you can buy me a coffee. This is basically just a small donation like £1, £3, £5 or whatever custom you want. And just a quick word from our sponsor, this video is sponsored by Blue World Pedals. Make sure to go to the website www.bluewellpedals.com and to sign up to their mailing list where you can get frequently updated about the pedals. And also make sure to check out my most recent video on the Blue Wheel Overdrive. Link in the description. Three, two, go. one, go! So, welcome everyone to the 12th episode of the Talking Music Podcast, um, as I couldn't remember before. Um, today we are joined by a very special guest, our first interview on this uh, series, Ned Moss. So, would you like to explain who you are, what you do, and I guess where you're based? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, London-based, as a lot of you probably know and would have guessed, Um and I'm a singer-songwriter, guitarist, sort of musician, lover of music. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, plugging away at building a career on it all. Uh, really enjoying it along the way. It's really fun hearing from everyone and, you know, getting to touch people in certain ways with songs. Um, and yeah, just just building up a music career, really. Same as a lot of other people in London. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it's all, everyone is just kind of, Go going for it in London. I feel like London is the the center of yeah in Britain anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's very much like a cultural art center for you know yeah. all, all forms of the arts, dance, music, actual artists and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a hub for that, and I think it's mainly just because of one population. Like it is the place to be. A lot of people are here, and you have got inspiration for any of those things everywhere like you've got the national galleries national portrait galleries if you want to do that stuff you used to be able to before all of this go and see a play yeah. go and see a show go to a jam like any of these things were everywhere all the time so um that that was great and now this year it's been a bit iffy but i'm sure it'll come back yeah <laughs> we'll talk about that later in the yeah, question yeah. i have um so didn't you, speaking of like drawing and stuff don't you um draw yourself up well, yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't say is it a I hobby or yeah, I wouldn't ever call myself an artist. I'd just say that I enjoy it quite a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but my my both my parents are artists, so it comes from you know yeah. seeing what. Is they there any point doing. in your life that you were like d where mean, you were choosing between music of, and drawing? I kind of always had music as the one, really, because yeah. I started with classical violin when I was four, and um, that was kind of always the the like one in the lights for me. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, art has always been something I've been really interested in too. And I have so, so much respect for artists. Like what they do is incredible. Yeah. Um, 
but I just never, never thought myself good enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can, you can, you can only really practice and hope, but like, where, where do you, do you see yourself going anywhere with, um, art or you just want to? Um, I guess it's one of those things. I, I never, I know it's a hard one. I never like do something because I see myself doing well in it. I'll do something because I really like doing it. And that's like the yeah. main reason I do it. Like, I reckon, you never know, if I sat down and did an office job, I reckon I could get quite far in some form of business in that just by blagging mm. my way through or something and not necessarily <laughs> being any good at it, but just getting far in it. But I know that I would absolutely hate that. And it would just, yeah. I'd find it so boring. Some people really like that sort of thing. I know plenty of people who like have that kind of mindset. I think it's more like, I don't know which one left side of the brain and right side of the brain. One's creative yeah. and one's more kind of mathematical and logic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I, I, I just, one, can't do it and two, find it incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, I, you, if you, if you do what you love, then yeah. you'll always find a way to make money in it. As my brother yeah. has said to yeah, me. Yeah, for it's sure. It's just for like. Sure. And just keep, keep going at it. If you love it and you still have the enjoyment, then like, even if you're not making a lot of money, you've just got to keep doing it if it's what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happiness is much more important than money at the end of the day. Oh, for sure. So I have seven questions to ask you. Um, they are quite long-winded ones, but... <laughs> no way, <laughs> no, hope it's the totally best. fine, man. Just shut me up <laughs> if I'm blabbing on too long. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's a podcast. Blabbing is literally what it's for. <laughs> it's fun. Um, so... I personally love your single called The One. Oh, amazing. Thank you so um, much. Could you talk, talk to us about the process of how you put it together? What sparked the initial yeah, idea and I what can, made you um, actually follow through with it? I can actually tell you exactly where I was when I thought of the first kind of like initial idea for it. <laughs> That's brilliant. I was sat on my sofa. It was like a Monday morning and it was during COVID malarkey because it's been going on forever. Yeah. Um, I just had a cup of coffee, so I was all ready to go. It was nice and sunny outside and I was listening to Casey Musgraves, listening to a couple of her albums and absolutely loving them. I don't know if you know her. She's incredible songwriter. Definitely check her out. And I think I was listening to the song Merry Go Round and it was in a cool tuning. They'd, um, detuned the top E string down to a D rather than the bottom E string. I was like, that's cool. Um, so I kind of, I was playing that tune. I was like, I really like this tuning. So I kind of started improvising and doing lots of stuff like that. And then came up with the acoustic guitar riff for the one, which is that yeah. kind of like arpeggiated chord sequence. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, from there just started kind of riffing around with melodies and started writing it down and kind of got all excited. And a couple of hours later, then the song was there, went upstairs to start recording it and it kind of, molded and became something else along the way which is really fun and exciting really and yeah then, um, what like what do you there's like people they're like the process of making songs yeah. where they all go into a studio and record everything do you did you go into a studio and recorded that or did you no, just do it all at no, home I record, you, it was coronavirus wasn't it you yeah really... I, I record everything at home and i was lucky enough that I, for a lot of my tunes i did that anyway a couple of them i went into a studio and I worked with my producer, Ed Stokes. He has um, got a little home studio. And I, I really yep. like going in there because you kind of get the mix of both. You get studio vibe, but also homely vibe because it's like yeah. just us two, little room, 
nice vibe. You can just chill and like let it flow rather than feel like time pressure and all that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've really, the one thing I have enjoyed is working, like recording everything at home. I'd be really lucky to do that because yeah. I don't know, for me, I'm quite, I get quite into things in terms of like sometimes overthinking, but just kind of need time to really think about what I'm doing and stuff when I'm recording. And, um, and we'll record loads and loads of different takes and loads of different ways of doing it and stuff like that. And it's nice knowing that because it's just me, I don't have to worry about someone getting really bored. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can just be like, right, take my time, do my thing and, you know, get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, like, what, have you ever, when recording any type of uh, music, like a full album or just a single, have you gone to a studio? Like a yeah, professional, yeah. like um, Abbey Road Studios or something? For the first few... I think up to, I think it was up to Mint for me. Um, I went into a studio called Greystoke Studio. I'm really cool. Worked with, that's where I actually met Ed Stokes, the young producer. And I worked with a guy called Andy Whitmore, who's yeah. very, very good, very clever man. Um, and it was really fun. Really, really mm. enjoyed it. And it, it's more, it's more of a professional atmosphere because obviously you're like in the big studio with all of the, incredibly expensive equipment and stuff like that <laughs> so it can be um it can be a bit scary and Andy Whitmore's got on his wall he's got like you know golden records and all that stuff um so you kind of feel like oh man what the hell am I doing here <laughs> but yeah. it's uh it's good fun I I, I kind of love both like uh, they have a different vibe and a different atmosphere um but yeah I think either you can make either work no matter what situation you're in if you have a little bit of cash to spend and get some good recording equipment for home. You can really make something special out of it. Yeah. I, I always think like, like even people like uh, Joe Bonamassa, for example, I see mm. on his Instagram, uh, he like, they don't have like a home studio. Yeah. Like, I, I it mean, just, it, it, it yeah. For, doesn't make for sense his to kind me. of caliber, he has the cash to just, you know, <laughs> hire a studio for as long as he wants and then go spend a day in there. Um, yeah. Which is a lot, you know, a lot of people don't have that situation. Um, which is why I think, like, the, the good aspect of technology advancing so quickly is it does allow so many more people to be able to record what they want to and, like, do what they want to do. Because, yeah, I mean, to get the level of recording quality you can get just with a few mics at home is mad. It's Yeah, and it's crazy. That you can, do, you like, can get, like, nearly studio quality. Yeah, it's incredible compared to what you used to be able to do. You know, before our yeah. time, it's really amazing. It's amazing how technology has advanced over the years. Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Speaking of technology, <laughs> oh yeah. So yes. me and the viewers, um, and a couple of guests I've had come on, love a bit of tech. Yeah, loving all the stuff that all the tools. I see tech as tools to making the like amazing music that a uh, tech is like amplifies what. Oh yeah, talent sure. you have. Um, sure. So, what? What? Let's get. Let's have a little rig rundown of your of your rundown. interface, microphone, so computers. I I'll start with mics and stuff. So like the music stuff. Yeah, I use this and another one I've got in the back, which is an AKG. I think it's two one four stereo pair. Which, yeah, um, I got in kind of a bundle. I bought everything at the same time. I was like, right, I'm gonna just set up my own little home studio for hopefully not too much money. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got got these two, which have actually been really good. They've got quite a nice, 
for me personally, they give it a little bit of a brighter tone, which I like for recording vocals just because I've got quite a, a dull, boomy voice. So it's nice <laughs> to have a little brightness on it. Um, yeah. Just breathes a little bit of life into it. And then um, I've got those running into a Scarlet preamp with yeah. eight inputs in. It's very nice. Damn. Um, so yeah, I got that with them. Really useful, especially when, you know, I've got a few things going that I want to record at the same time. It's very nice for that. Um, guitar wise, I go through as of the beginning of 2020, I started using a Kemper for all my recordings. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's just ridiculous. I was yeah. completely blown away at how, how useful it is for, especially for recording. Cause you can just flip through whatever yeah. sound you want for the song. And it's so good for like, if you're just playing around with something, you can just flip through all of these profiles and just go through trying to find that one that really works. And then you might find something completely new that you like. So it's um, extremely useful for that. How do you think it compares uh, to the Logic Pro amp designers? Sorry to oh, buy in there. So, just... so much better. So, yeah. uh, so it's a different league. With this one, it's hard to tell which is like the real amp and which is the Kemper. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Totally. I yeah. don't know how they've done it, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I go through Logic 10 on an old but very much worthy um yeah. desktop iMac which is running if we just have a look here about this Mac I've got it on it's 27 inch and it was yeah. oh my god it came out in 2009 so it is <gasps> technological speaking Damn. you know that is ancient that's like amazing how long they last <laughs> yeah well I think this one I had gutted well I say I had my dad had gutted and then completely kind of like redone on the inside so it's yeah. kind of the shell of the old one yeah. it's got right i'm going to take you through what it says because to me this is basically mumbo jumbo i am not yeah. got processor it'll make sense is yeah 3.06 ghz intel core 2 duo intel okay yeah not sure what that particularly what? means but i'm assuming it's all right <laughs> yeah it's um, is there like an I after it or is it just... No I. No. Okay. Uh, we've got 16 gigabytes of memory. Yeah. Um, graphics, it says ATI Radeon HD, which yeah, 256 megabytes one. or something or MB. Yeah, 256 um, megs of VRAM. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, all of that stuff is, is gobbledygook to me. I'm just like, hey, if it works and if it records stuff well and I don't have to worry about space, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, the, if it works, <laughs> if it does what you need it to do, then yeah, for sure. there's if no problem. The job, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So is is um that's the, that's the entire rig rundown? Is there yeah, any like... I've got some pedals I use for... A lot of composition stuff and recording. I use a Big Sky Reverb pedal for my guitar. Oh yeah, which is um just stunning. It yeah. makes some gorgeous, gorgeous tones. Um, yeah. I've got some classics like a Tube Screamer, just old, reliable, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Wah Wah pedal, and just you know, just some standard ones really. And then. Yeah. There is one thing that I highly recommend to any people who also do a bit of production for their stuff, which is the black box plugin on Logic. It's like a saturation plugin. And oh, okay. Is it? 
it like is, inbuilt into logic no 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 you have to buy it okay. i got it from plugin alliance i think it was yep. on sale luckily but it is absolutely gorgeous i have highly highly recommend it what do you use it on like guitars vocals, vocals guitar. yeah all sorts it's so so good so good i got recommended it by um my friend gabriel actually who's an, one of those people who's just so amazing at everything and it's very annoying um, <laughs> he's a really lovely guy and he found it and started using it on his guitars and then was like, oh my God, Ned, this is just unreal. Listen to this. And I was like, oh Christ, it really yeah. is. sounds so good. So I um, immediately got it, started using it on mine and haven't looked back since. <laughs> yeah. I, do you use any other plugins or is that like the... Um, I don't use that many because I normally just kind of do my thing, record it, do a little bit of production to kind of get a vibe of how I want it to sound. And yeah. then I'll send it over to my producer, Ed, who will make it sound actually good. Oh, right. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a producer, really. I just kind of fiddle around with things. <laughs> yeah. I think a rule I kind of have, because I kind of like to do the production side as well, is yeah. I try to use as little pedals as possible or as little, like, effects that you can't edit in post. So if I yeah. used, like, a reverb and a delay separately, I couldn't change that in afterwards. Yeah, so a rule sure. I kind of have is just go straight, like, oh, raw yeah. into that's, the interface. It's a good, really good rule. And uh, one that you do get... Cause when I was doing um, music tech at school for A-level, that was one they always said, don't record reverb and stuff like that. I kind of do break the rules for yeah. some things, but... <laughs> Made to be broken. Yeah. I mean, like, sometimes I'm like... I know exactly what sound I want to get and I know exactly how to get it with my big sky and stuff. So I might as well just get it now and record it in like that. Yeah. Rather than, you know, give work on the producer to try and recreate that sound when I've got it there already. But that's yeah. kind of usually for kind of like ambient sounds and stuff in the background rather than a whole main part. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's just a mix and match thing. Like if something works, even though it's not like the normal method of doing it, if it yeah. works, do it. You know, you yeah. might find something Like new. at the end of the day, people don't watch you make it when they listen to your song. Yeah, you and know? even if they did, they might be like, oh, cool, I never thought of that. And <laughs> then do it themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so like you said you were London-based. Uh, yes. So what is it like gigging in London? Get Like getting gigs? Uh, yeah, what's the music um, scene like down there in general? It's great. It's great. Um, it's hard in some respects, but like that's that's just the musician lifestyle, really. It's hard to get gigs that pay really well, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, kind of it's hard to get gigs that pay really well for stuff that you really want to do. Like I did a lot of slash will do, hopefully when COVID and stuff all goes away. Um, a lot of gigs that were like, you know, parties, like background music and stuff like that which is um, perfectly enjoyable. Like in the, yeah. at the end of the day, you're playing music that's really good, jazz standards and stuff that's really fun. Yeah. Um, but like it's, it's hard getting gigs to play your own music that also make money. Because I think it's that, that bridge between, you know, you're playing people's favourites and stuff that people know and all of that thing um, that they're willing to pay for because they're, they're yeah. tried and tested, they know what they're going to get and they're, they're going to like it. Um, to something that is completely brand new and no one really knows 
unless they happen to be a fan of you of course yeah um i think that that's like the next step up where it gets a bit harder but um there is still so much you can do like open mics jams where you can try try out songs that you think are really good try out songs that you don't think are really good and it might surprise you that people react way better to the one that you weren't the bigger fan of yeah um, so it's a, it's a good place to test loads of new material and just see if people like it really yeah like a sandbox really like a little yeah yeah like playground. Honestly, it is. you can just like do whatever play whatever and see if they like it and if they do go and record it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you um you like you have you you obviously have an instagram <laughs> i do do you and you were talking about just then about if they know you and they know your songs yeah um do you think your Instagram has helped you get people come to gigs and listen to your music on Spotify as well? Yeah. I don't think for gigs it has simply because it's, it's a tool that's like, you know, off the world, you know, yeah. as people from all over the place. I've got people from Chile who asked me to do a little like meet and greet to people who are listening to me there, which was amazing. Really lovely. Yeah. Um, totally surreal. Uh, but obviously, like, if I do a gig in Soho, they're not going to travel down from Chile for an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. It hasn't, I think, unless you've got, like, a, you've developed a really big local following. Yeah. It doesn't help that much. But then again, I don't have that many followers for it to start affecting in that way. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's kind of a, a numbers game. Like, the bigger the number, the bigger the percentage of that are going to be local. And it is quite hard to convert an Instagram fan to like a real life going to come to your gig fan. But that's yeah. kind of all part of it. Like I try and see Instagram and Spotify and everything in a way that's not just like, Oh, they're just a number to make me look good there. You want to make them like a real, a fan of what you do. You want to connect with them in a way that rewards them as well for supporting yeah. you. And, um, I try and do that. I'm not the best at Instagramming. Sometimes I do forget or I'm just like, oh, I just want to get on my work. But yeah. um, it is always, I always try and think of, you know, what people are like and try and give them something to brighten up the day. <laughs> yeah, I, it's great. I, I love Instagram for the fact that you can get like a great piece of content out to people in such a short amount of time. Like I see these yeah. accounts, like they've, uh, Seth Rosenblum, he's a blues guitarist, got like 50,000 followers. He posts and like two minutes later, 300 people have yeah. watched the video. It's, it's crazy. It's like really amazing for that, for sure. Yeah. And that's what I greatly respect in a, not respect, that's what I value in a large Instagram following is that ability to say something and 10 minutes later, a thousand people oh, have yeah, seen for it. Sure. And like hoping that it has, you know, a positive effect on people, which yeah. know, it can be used in the wrong light, as we've seen with the likes of <laughs> certain American people whose name we do not speak of. Um, yeah. yeah, it can, that, I guess that's kind of, you know, you get one side of the coin and the other one isn't always as good. Because it does, it does give freedom of speech, but it gives freedom of hatred as well, which is a shame. Yeah, but, uh, it, it's fantastic for getting getting stuff out there and getting opinions of people and stuff like that. It's really, really good for yeah. Me. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I just oh no, okay, tech problems again. Oh, classic. Bloody hell, like last time. <laughs> I think I'm all good so far. Yeah, I. Th this is yep. surprising. Recording hasn't stopped after twenty minutes. That is a plus. That is, it's always a good sign. 
How do you think that um, the scene in London has changed due to coronavirus? Um, well, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, and I, th- I don't think it's just like, I think that goes for pretty much everywhere in the world at the moment. The, um, the live gig industry is, is suffering hugely. And um, I'm hoping, well, it, it will bounce back, but a lot of, small venues have gone out of business which is really really heartbreaking yeah to see because they're yeah. kind of what makes it like yeah. it's all well and good having your O2 arenas and you know your Royal Albert Halls which are amazing places but it's the smaller venues that give a much different experience like a much more intimate experience for the viewers and um just a lot more support for the people who aren't gigging in that like will never fill an O2 arena at that stage in their career um, yeah. So they're they're so so important, and it's such a shame to see so many of them go under because they're just amazing. They've like they're, yeah. the amount of history they've got behind them as well. Like you've got a Hendrix playing in some of these places that have gone under. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy to see. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. As you said, everywhere has been affected, but mm. it's it's sad to see that London, like the biggest, what probably one of the biggest, like areas of where the music industry thrives oh, you know yeah, sure. down because of like a virus i mean there's it nothing is, you can do about it yeah but. that's the thing like at the end of the day <laughs> it's it's got to be done it has like lockdown has to happen in my opinion um, yeah because you can't just stand idly by while a virus takes out half the population <laughs> it's um horrendous totally horrendous but, you know, I, th- I do think it will bounce back and I think it will come back with, you know, a, bi- a big resurgence, I think, because people will have missed it so much and it will be really, really sought after as soon as we can get yeah. back to it. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, yeah, people will just, they, they miss it so much that all of a sudden, like how much the music industry is worth. Like everyone is going to see live shows. That is the the big thing. I think, and I think even people who wouldn't particularly have gone out beforehand will start to as well, because it's kind of that, like you don't miss it until it's gone sort of thing. Yes. exactly. um, I think it's going to come back with a boom. That's my, my hope. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, we can only hope, but just fingers (sighs) crossed. It'll be soon. I miss it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i honestly i miss seeing like uh live gigs as well yeah like in in own uh local places like down the road it's oh it's yeah it's, it's heartbreaking it's so so heartbreaking <sighs> i mean lockdown is essential but you <laughs> it's like i keep going to to the same point that yeah it's heartbreaking but i you can i don't i don't know what to say like i mean people have been made people people's careers have been made and lost in the coronavirus yeah. like people uh getting big because everyone has um been watching them like do you know that like joe fitness guy on youtube have you seen uh, him yeah i think i've seen a few like, videos pop up Bloody yeah, like he's got millions mm. of subs now because it's, it's a savvy, lockdown. savvy move realizing that you know everyone's <laughs> going to be doing the same thing. A lot of capitalizing people, on it, yeah, yeah. And there's been some really, really clever ideas. Like, there's an artist I follow who's amazing called um Nina Nesbitt. I'm not sure if you know her, she's a pop singer. Really, I really think good. so. Got some really great songs, and um, and she started just doing like little 
really clever, really funny, jokey little kind of miniature song things for Instagram and TikTok and all these social media things. And um and obviously that she was already big before, but they took off really, really well. And I think she's yeah. she's really capitalized on right, how can I still give something people to look forward to during their day and just start doing these little mashup videos and little made up songs with stuff around her house and that yeah. it's brilliant. Really, really clever. Yeah. I see you seem to be mentioning a lot of names. Do, do you yeah. do you think you've met all these people in London? Like you Oh no, 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 no. I haven't really met well I've met I've met quite a few but I haven't met her and that I just I always look out whether I'm on Instagram or whatever like I don't know just interesting people and interesting musicians and just artists in general like it's always great to try and look at and surround yourself with and really get into the scene that you're in because yeah. that way you know you're inspiring yourself to try and you know, not copy ideas, but you know, you can take from everything that you do and everything you look at and everything you see, there's always something to be learned from. Yes. And, um, I think the worst thing you can do is get jealous and start like all of that going down that road. Cause that's, that's yeah. a dangerous road. We've all had jealousy at some point. Yeah. But it's, um, dangerous to start being like, Oh, everyone's rubbish. Oh, why aren't I big? All that stuff. Because one is just not true. There's, so so many incredibly talented musicians and songwriters and artists out there and at the end of the day everyone has their own voice you've just got to believe in yours and enjoy it enjoy the road there because if you skip all that bit the ending's not gonna be as good <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i um so you would say I think collaboration on online and social media is a really good way to grow because you, you feed off each other's like, I don't know how to say it, but like your followers go to it's, it's just creating a bigger audience. You're combining two audiences who may like different things, but will have similarities because you wouldn't be doing a collab if you had no similarities. Yes, exactly. So they'll have um, relatively similar tastes or part of their tastes. Um, And it's, it's just really fun as well. Like seeing someone else's outlook that you know, if you're doing well, if I do a collab with someone, it's a lot of the time because I really respect them as a musician or whatever they do. Um, So it's really, really fun you kind of get like a little bit of an insight into their brain and how they work and they get a little bit of an insight into yours and then you get together and you show that to each other's fans and stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Really good fun. Yeah. I, as, as I said, you know, it's the social media aspect of music is, is great for those things like collaborations and, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, like the fact that you can put stuff out there and thousands of people see it in this yeah. like 10 minutes. It's just, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> so what, what is your next project that could be coming to Spotify? I have a song coming out on the 29th You're working out of on the- January. Oh, I'll yeah. make sure to put that in the link in the description when it's out. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out soon. Coming out soon. It's um one that really, really means a lot to me. for quite a number of reasons. It was kind of a learning experience and I really tried to with this one, something I always try and do, but with this one, it really resonated in terms of I never like doing something complicated or complex for the sake of doing it because I just kind of, it kind of loses, loses the feeling. Yeah. So this one is really, I really kind of stripped it back and then just built on, I'll give you some insight into it. The whole song is just two chords. 
Um, wow. Yeah, really stripped back. And then it's all about kind of layering. Yeah. So it just builds up and up and up the whole way through. Um, and I can't say too much because I don't want to give away the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's very, very inspired by, you know, mental health and all that stuff coming through out of lockdowns and COVID and what a year we've all had. Um, so it's all, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, now I'm having tech problems. My phone's <laughs> just crashed. If the video stops, it's fine. Well, we're going to have a video in two parts. <laughs> it's fine. I spice it together. Um, yeah. Uh, here we go. Cool. We're back. Um, yeah, it's, it's coming out of all that stuff really. Like really, I'm a big advocate for mental health and helping people who struggle with it. Cause at some point we've all struggled with it in terms yeah. of like, you know, if it's big or small, it still matters. And I think this, the, the past year and this year as well, will have a huge, huge effect on people who struggle with it. Um, yeah. and even people who don't like it, it really, really affects people. Um, so it's all about that. It's all about, you know, just that. So I can't say, I don't want to give the game away. So I can't <laughs> say too much. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. Basically. I cannot yeah. wait to see what people think, see what, you know, get responses. Maybe some people will do some covers and stuff. They're always fun to yeah. see. So it's, um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Have you had people do covers of your songs before? Yeah. A couple of times. It's really, really sweet. It's one of my favorite yeah. things is, um, seeing people like do a cover of your song or like, just send you a message saying that it touched them. I think for me, that's, that's yeah. my, that's one of the reasons I like songwriting is yeah. when you get a message or someone comes up to you after a gig and it's like, I, that really meant something to me. And yeah. It's, um, it's just like one of the best feelings ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a really small thing, like just coming yeah. up after you, but it like, it mean, it just means a lot because mm. they, 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 it shows that they've thought about like your yeah. skill and yeah, and I don't, the meaning I behind it. A lot of people don't realize how much it means to an artist for someone to say like your song helped them with something or it really touched them in some way. Like it's yeah. such a huge, huge thing for me anyway. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's kind of what makes me want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, many drivers, uh, that music, uh, gives and I can imagine that would be one of them. I, you have communities and stuff in music which they like just keep boosting each other up. Yeah, and then sure, that is sure. one of the great things about the music industry is the fact that you all are all stepping up and taking bigger steps because of each other. Yeah, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. And it's yeah, it's kind of that as you said, like you bounce off of each other and you see one person do something and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go and do my thing. And it kind of, it pushes you to get better and try new things and all that stuff. That's why it's really good to surround yourself with those influences because it, yes. it makes you work hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> When you're exactly. feeling a bit down and a bit like, oh, I don't want to do anything. It really pushes you on to have a go and just give it your best, really. Yeah, I, I honestly can't agree more. I... I listened to quite a lot of your songs um, oh, on Spotify, and I, I must say, I, I I do enjoy the acoustic. Um, oh yeah! Like, have have you done any electric songs? Uh, yes. Like electric guitar. Yeah, stuff? little by little is all. I electric might not guitar. have. Yeah. Um, that's all electric. A lot of them are acoustic so far. There's more electric stuff coming. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. I think Little by Little must be the only full just electric one with no... Oh, no. Uh, the End of the Play. 
that's that's another one that is all on electric guitar kind of yeah. electric guitar done in an acoustic way <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah there's there's not many but there's more to come i've got some some big big old stadium fillers coming out soon how many like projects are you working on currently oh so many so, so <laughs> many. i've got in in nearly finished production slash post-production stages i've got five songs that are nearly damn done and ready to be released throughout the year is that is going to be an album then or just uh no purely well yes and no purely they will be released one by one for spotify streaming reasons that is sadly a must in these days um and this climate but it does mean you yeah. get like a constant stream of music which is good yeah and then they will be compiled into an album kind of thing um yeah. <laughs> nearer the end of the year i can't say too much um yeah nearer the end of the year with potentially a few new songs as well on there yeah which is as much as i can say <laughs> <laughs> i don't un- i don't actually understand the process of uploading songs to spotify like do you have to get with a like a record label like can you no, do it all no, on your you own like with youtube independently i go through i'm not with any record label so i do it with um just going through I've actually used quite a few different services that are, you basically just go through a distributor and then you give them all the information, you give them a release date, you just, you know, upload your cover art and all that stuff. And then they just do it for you. They'll they'll put it out on Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music, whatever you want. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's actually really simple. <laughs> it's far more oh, simple okay. than that. Okay, I, I, thought, I thought it was some like crazy like <laughs> no process I, honestly i was to... the same i was like oh it's gonna take so long and there's gonna be like loads of forms you have to fill out but no it takes no yeah. time at all <laughs> well that's that's good to see i mean i think that's a, a big there's a lot of things which like i guess scare people yeah. before starting and i think that's one of them with the like because they don't yeah they understand don't... The, how oh yeah to 100%. upload stuff to spotify i I like, for example, what I just said, I was confused. I yeah, for sure. don't even It's know. completely understandable. It's a scary business to be in. It's very, you know, it kind of looms over you with <laughs> a mixture of things like people who are incredibly successful, who are way younger than you and yeah. all of that stuff. Like everything in it can be quite scary, but like with everything, the best thing you can do is kind of just throw yourself in and just get doing things because you just learn by doing a lot of the time. So yeah, um, we talked about that in the um, in the other podcast about comparing yourself to like people and you yeah. younger than you, and you mentioned like Billie Eilish and stuff. Yeah, I mean she's like, she's phenomenal. I have so so much respect for her in a number of ways. Um, but yeah, like it's, she's so easy to be like, wow, she's what eighteen, and you're like yeah. that is ridiculous. She, yeah, she's eighteen. 18 like I was doing the nothing. other week is crazy. I <laughs> yeah, thought she's like it's it's insane, and she's got like five Grammys. Um, <laughs> but everyone goes at their different pace. Like it's the, that's the biggest thing is you've got to look through history and some of the biggest names in all of the arts. Like if you look at Vincent van Gogh, he wasn't, I found out quite recently, he didn't start painting until he was like 30, which I found oh. incredibly depressing. The fact that he can in like seven years <laughs> do that amount of phenomenal work and just decide to do it. It's just ridiculous. I mean, um, some people are at different um, yeah that's the thing like talent levels and stuff and just but, your own do things in your own pace don't pressure yourself to you know be super successful for the sake of it really really quickly yeah if you do what you want to do and you do it in your own way like 
there's bound to be people out there that think the same way as you and will like it and appreciate it. Yeah. So it's um, just getting on with it, just doing it. Yeah. So we were talking about the electric guitar um, yes. songs and stuff. Is there any? Is there like a dream electric guitar rig, like an ideal electric guitar rig that you would like to use on a song or something or perform in? Yeah, I mean, again, it depends on so many things. It depends on the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, guitars, for me, they're quite a, a, a subjective thing. Like I love, I probably use the Strat the most. I yeah. love the Strat. Fender Strat is, is my baby. Um, but then, like, I love my Gibson. My um, ES33 is, yeah. is gorgeous. It has such a lovely, lovely tone. It can be annoying because it doesn't always like to stay in tune and it doesn't always like to work <laughs> yeah. perfectly the whole time. But um, it, the rewards are great with it. There's a beautiful tone, a beautiful guitar. I don't... I wouldn't say I have, like, a dream rig. I think... I quite like broad genres of things. Like I love a, a good Fender Strat and you, it yeah. can be a new or an old one, but if it's a well-made from the like the right bit of wood by the right maker at the right time, it's going to be good, like no matter yeah. what year it was made. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be partial to go for an older, older model. I did once yeah. play this. I was in a guitar shop in a place called Horncastle, actually in Lincolnshire. Yeah tiny little like basically a hamlet tiny village um that happens to have this phenomenally good guitar shop in it's so weird yeah um you're walking around it's like classic country town you've got pubs little tesco yeah. stuff like that and then this just random amazing guitar shop that i was chatting to the guy and he was like yeah we have bands from all over the world coming here and he was like yeah we had deep purple here yeah. I was like, why? Why are you in Horncastle? Yeah. Um, and sat down and I played this, I think it was like a 19, 1981 old strap, really battered maple neck that had been really worn, but it just sounded unreal. It was yeah. like, it was an absolute dream to play. And just, I think I was going through a Fender DeVille at the time. So like a, you know, standard sturdy good amp. Yeah. Um, but it just, oh, it sounded ridiculous. And I, was, yeah. I was just like, I would love to buy this guitar, but it's like five and a half grand and I don't have that money. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a really healthy thing, um, the way you, what you just said about the electric guitars, because there are so many people on this planet that get sucked into a void of... Yeah this pedal is not made from 1967. I can't use it. You know, like I, people like that, I just don't No, And they get so sucked into the void of gear yeah. and it's not from the right year that they start to not even know how to play the instrument. Like it's just, yeah, they forget about the music of it. Exactly. At the end of the day, like the guitar is only as good as the guitarist. So you need like, I'm far more interested in learning what to do with it rather than like the one I can get pretty much. Mm. So like, I think if you gave a guitar to someone like BB King, you could give them a really, really bad guitar. And I guarantee yeah. you it would sound great. What came out of it. <laughs> Have you seen the video? Um, Steve Ray Vaughan, he picks up, uh, he's playing. It's dark. It's a show now. Yeah. And the lights turn on. He's playing a squire. Really? Like, Nice. Yeah, like yeah, and I don't know amazing. when it was, it's but it's, and it still sounded like yeah, Steve Ray Vaughan, sure. and that's a 
prime example of tone is in the fingers. Yeah, like it's a, a good guitarist is going to make pretty much any guitar sound good at the end of the day. Like it's it, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's always exactly. been my um, main inspiration. Try and make a guitar that isn't that good to sound good. Yeah, I. The only reason why I would feel a need to get a new guitar was either because of cosmetic reasons that you don't like the look of your guitar. Yeah. Or there's something wrong with your guitar, obviously, like it keeps yeah, going that, out of tune or something, which you could fix with the setup, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Gibson, or, I do yeah, fix on. mine. I have fixed mine quite a few times. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've sent it in to be fixed quite a few times. I think they have more of a tendency to go wrong. They're a bit more fragile. Yeah. Like a Strat, I feel like I could hit my Strat with a hammer and it would be yeah. totally fine. I feel like that with 325s <laughs> as well. And I had a 325S guitar. It was an Epiphone Riviera, which mm. was basically a 325. is three um, yeah. P90 pickups and a Bigsby. And it, it was, I, as you said, it was very, it was quite fragile. I, um, yeah. They the knobs, of, they kept come loose. And yeah. that's, a, that's a big one I found with old Gibsons. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's annoying. It's very annoying. But uh, it can be tinkered with and made better. And they do sound incredible a lot of the time. So it's yeah. kind of worth it. Yeah, it's exactly. just annoying yeah. when you're like on a gig and you have to every other song be like, oh, give me a sec, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is irritating. Yeah. Um, but, but I kind of, like, it depends what you're playing as well, I think, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the, th and then the third reason why you'd want to get a new guitar is, because you want another feature on your guitar. Like you have, I have exactly. this uh, Les Paul by here, right? And I, I've never, I haven't been, I haven't been happier. It works perfectly. Mm. It looks beautiful. It's white. It's got gold hardware and stuff. And I've never felt the need to get a new guitar. And then yeah. I thought, actually, it would be really cool to have a Bigsby and have a That's new cosmetic thing. with like a, uh, what's it called? Like flamed blue maple um, body, which I think is really cool. But then after that, I think the the sweet spot for guitars is something like four or five. Yeah. Where you have a wide variety of tones, a Strat, a 325, a Les Paul, you know, an acoustic yeah. guitar and stuff. And I mean, it's, it's all obviously subject to, to budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I had lots of money, I would love, I would do lots of good with it. Like, yeah. you know, charities, try and save the environment and all the stuff I believe in. I would also treat myself and buy many, many lovely guitars because, yeah. you know, they're, they're like people. They all have their own voice. Even if they're the same model, they'll have their own, their own yeah, voice. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's cut from know, like there's, the... There, I, I don't think I could ever have enough guitars. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's many out there that I'd like. I'd love a big hollow body Gretsch. Yes, Just for yes. like a mix of, you know, your, your country and your jazz sound. Get some Chet Atkins in there. It's just awesome, awesome tones. Yeah. I've already got a lovely Strat, a lovely Gibson, a beautiful big hollow body D'Angelico. Yes, I've seen that. It's, it's a beautiful guitar. It is really gorgeous. Makes a lovely tone. Um, my very, very trusty Martin acoustic, which yeah. is, you know, what I use probably the most. Um, yeah, and a lovely classical guitar from a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like I want a PRS at some point yeah. I'll, I'll want to get one of those I'll want uh, you know there's just so many <laughs> I can't go through my head of all the guitars I want a telly at some point for sure yes for I do sure. love a good Telecaster yeah so that that'll probably be the next one just because they have a very unique sound so 
that'll probably be the next on the list. Good old Yeah. Time. Do you consider yourself an electric or an acoustic guitar player? Oh, both. Both? things. Yeah, I love, love playing blues music. That's what yes. I'm probably missing the most is going to blues jams and stuff in London. Yeah. There was this bar called down in, right in the centre of London, just off Oxford Street, called yep. um, Ain't Nothing But. And it is one of the coolest places in the world. If yeah. like after COVID, if you get the chance to go there, I'm telling you now, go to that bar. It is the funnest place ever. Yeah. Um, you just go down, you take your guitar, you get a pint. It's great. Um, and then you put your name on the list and throughout the evening, they'll just go through the names and then be like, come up for like three songs. And I think the last night I was there before COVID, had this wicked wicked call and response huge moment of like a blues tune with this phenomenal italian harmonica player who had like the most crazy amount of passion and atmosphere in his playing and it was just so fun to play and vibe with and you know you got everyone really enjoying themselves there's no judgment anywhere it's just you get up on stage you have fun and then you chat to loads of people who love music. So it's just yeah, really, really I, that cool. that would be pretty much the ideal night out for a guitar player. You know, oh, yeah, just people sure. going down to the, and, you the know, pub I took and friends stuff. down who weren't guitar players or anything, and they loved it. They were just like, "There's awesome, fun music being played. There's drinks you can have. There's loads of people to talk to, and just like having a laugh. There's no." It's one of the very few pubs where you go to and there's like no sense of, oh, someone in there is like a little bit dodgy or looking for a fight or anything like that. It is just pure fun. And it's just, it's so, so great for sure. Yeah, I wish there was more places like that, but there's only like one in every, what, a thousand pubs there are. Like there's only one, but- well, there's quite a few in London, but it's um. Yeah, no, I haven't. I think that's probably the best one I've been to. It's it's got a really special atmosphere. Yeah, and I think it's quite known for it. <laughs> yeah, is that like? Do you see, do you see like mainly musicians come in, or they're just? Usual? Oh no, you get everything. You get tourists, families of tourists sitting at the tables at the front, just like not really knowing what they've walked into, but they're loving it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's uh, it's very, you know, it's in your face, it's loud, there's no windows, you come in through like a little door at the back and then it's just like a big crowd of people rammed into this room. And um, it's just great. It's like what a blues bar should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, there's some, Sometimes I kind of wish that it would have been really cool to live like live the 60s and live through Jimi oh, Hendrix yeah, and Steve Ray Vaughan sure, and stuff. Sure. It's a totally different time. I mean, it's still still around, obviously nowhere near as prominent, but it is still there. If you look for it, you'll find somewhere for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it would be amazing to go back and see them coming through when they were like, you know, first getting big. Yeah. I mean, in Liverpool, what, you had bars that would have the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix and that in all in the same place playing a little gig and you're just like, Christ, getting yeah. that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. But there's there's, you know, as we said, there's loads of positives about living now. You've got the internet, far more accessible for yeah. people to do what they want to do. So that's exactly. that's a big thing. And that's the thing, like there's two there's two things with the going back in time. Do you want to see your do you want to live your favorite guitar players and stuff, or do you want to live a world without technology and allowing you to do all this stuff i feel like if you played guitar and sang at the same time in the 60s you would pretty much just 
just get big anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, it's, it's, you know. yeah. I mean, I, I say that, but in, with a little bit of, you know, tongue in cheek, because there will be a lot of people who did that we'll never heard of. We yeah. only know about the big ones. Um, but I do think there were better time, like there were certain times to be something that you're really lucky to be in. Like I think now stuff like lo-fi and hip hop oh, and yeah. R&B is, is really big, especially in London. That kind of like jazz roots vibe, but more electronic and more modern is a huge yes. genre at the moment. So it's like a, it's a really good time now to do that sort of thing. I think less so for not completely, there's still a big market for it, but less so for like, you know, the more acoustic-y kind of late 90s, 2000 sort of vibe where there was a lot of acoustic singer-songwriter stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, but there's there's still a huge amount of it and a huge audience for it. It's just finding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so this is the last question that I have for you. Cool, so far away. what are your future plans with your music career? I mean, there's no set plan. I'm yeah. not really someone who does a lot of planning it's quite bad yeah. and good in some ways um <laughs> but it's it's just sticking to it just yeah doing it all the time and i think that's a lot of it is just because i really really love what i do and i'm very lucky to be able to do it um but yeah it's just it's just carrying on doing what yeah. i'm doing really always evolving always taking influence from new things that i find um and yeah hopefully hopefully get back to gigging live yeah <laughs> god i can't wait for those days i'll oh, not be me funny too. <laughs> me too <laughs> you how many like gigs did you used to um used to do before coronavirus oh, it's just all sorts uh, lots of different gigs so i do gigs with my own stuff i do gigs with a little gypsy swing band i was in really yeah. good fun really it's a whole different learning experience yeah doing that sort of music um which is really good for your playing and it's just a really fun thing to do yeah um do gigs with a singer called Lois Kelly, who's fantastic singer. She's really, really great. Um, they were fun. They were they were kind of more like function gigs, so like restaurants, cafes, birthday parties, stuff like that. But they were always such a laugh. We got really well. Really fun music, just like pop covers and old tunes, folk tunes, kind of whatever we're yeah. feeling on the day. Um, and yeah, just uh, just get my hands on anything I can do. Really, I've never been one to say like, oh, I only do this genre of music. I try, yeah. and even if I can't do it, try and, you know, push myself out and just yeah. give it a go. If it doesn't sound that good, you can only get better. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So like, where do you see yourself and you your career in like about 20 years? That's a very hard question because it yeah. could be anywhere. I could be doing exactly the same thing as I'm doing now. Or I could have had some random success and that would be wonderful. Um, honestly, I have no idea. Music, yeah. the music industry is such a, I think it's the weirdest in terms of like people can suddenly really just like get the ball rolling yeah, yeah. at any point as well. Like whether it's the beginning or the middle or they've been doing it for years and years and years. It only takes, you know, one little thing to start really picking up traction whether that's like a big spotify playlist ad or one gig invite by a big artist to come and open for them or something like that it can really or even like a viral video on something like tiktok or Instagram. yeah yeah that sort of thing nowadays can you know blow up an artist i was listening to lewis capaldi talk who i think is brilliant so so great yeah um really funny guy 
and watching him talk about it. And he was like, in the space of just under a year, I've gone from like 60 people in a pub to 80,000 people headlining with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Like it's that's a crazy short amount of time to go from one extreme to the other. So it's, um, yeah, I honestly have no idea. Fingers crossed for big fun things. Yeah. A good question to end is, do you think you would be happy in the same position you are now in 20 years, if you understand what I mean? Yeah, I mean, obviously we, any any artist I know and myself included, want success because, you know, success yeah. is the thing you aim for and it's the thing you, you really want and chase. But I don't think I would be any less happy than I am now because yeah. it's, you know, music for me is something that you do because you love it. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. want people to love it as well and you want as many people to love what you do. But at the end of the day, it's really special to be able to sit even if it's just on your own to just sit and play and enjoy it. Like that's such a special thing to have. And I think it's a really important thing, especially nowadays. So I would not be any less happy for sure. I'd just still really be appreciative of being able to do what I do. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's a great place to end it. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's been great talking. Thank you a ton, Ned, for coming on. Not to worry. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Yeah, no problem. Um, I will link your YouTube and Spotify down in the description. Oh, YouTube, sorry, Instagram, my bad. Instagram and, oh, you have a YouTube as well, don't you? Feel free to do my YouTube as well. Yeah, YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify in the description. So make sure to check them out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening and watching wherever you are to the Talking Music Podcast. I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you, Ned. Goodbye, everyone. See you later. <laughs>